Hallelujah. I welcome everyone specially. God bless you so much for your time. God bless you so much for waiting and having the patience um, to be, be with us today. Um, yeah, God bless you so much. It's a blessing to be here once again. It's always been a blessing. And I believe that God is doing something wonderful in our lives and in your life as well, especially. And so anytime we meet like this to share the word of God, see it to be that it's an opportunity from God to actually dish out his word to you. That will cause a transformation. That will make things work together for your good. In the name of Jesus, please share the link. Invite your friends. Invite your loved ones. Share the link on your pages. Um, I believe that you're going to be a blessing to someone. You're actually going to help someone to encounter God's word. In the name of Jesus. So invite someone, share the link with someone, and it will be a blessing to them. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Alright, so shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. We thank you for the opportunity to be blessed by your spirit. We pray, precious Holy Spirit, that you will lead us in today's service. We pray that you reveal unto us the truth of God's word. You reveal unto us the truth that will cause us to be very stable and firm in Christ in the name of Jesus I rebuke any spirit of confusion any spirit of misinformation and I speak forth that let the sweet influences of the Holy Spirit take charge of this meeting and may my hearers be blessed may my watchers be blessed in Jesus mighty name may I not speak with the enticing words of man's wisdom but may I speak the very truth of your word O Lord that will be a blessing to humanity in the name of jesus christ we pray amen all right thank you so much it's a great blessing to be here with you again thank you for spending time to actually be part of this meeting okay so anytime there is a meeting and that meeting has a purpose to glorify god that meeting has a purpose or a meeting that calls upon the name of the lord and to make sure that he is bestowed and he is enthroned and also he is glorified he is in that midst hallelujah so you may be watching me from wherever but believe that god is actually in this conversation and he's going to dish out the truth that will liberate you from the crutches of the enemy he's going to give you the truth that will keep you firm in christ in the name of jesus hallelujah the bible says that a time is going to come there's going to be a hunger and this hunger is not for food this hunger is not for any material thing but then this hunger he's talking about is actually hunger for the word you see there's a time that is coming where the unadulterated word of god will be difficult to find okay so men will be people who would want to hear things that would please them and not necessarily the things that will cause them to grow I always use this as an example that if there is someone who is a nurse, okay, that person goes through training to become a nurse. The person who wants to become a nurse doesn't go through a training that makes her a mechanical engineer. Are you okay? So a mechanical engineer has a specific training he or she goes through, which is different from the one that a nurse may go through. What does this imply? What this actually means is that if you become a Christian, there is actually the truth that can lead you to the end of your journey. And if you don't encounter this truth, in as much as you are born again Christian, you would live your life as if you have never been born again. Please, I hope you get it. That's why Apostle Paul would say, let the word of God dwell in you richly. So the 
quality and quantity of the word in you will determine your place in life. It will determine your place even in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So as a time is coming where people wouldn't have the encounter with God's word, I pray that this opportunity to encounter his word and to know him more, we would benefit from it. We would actually have the best of this moment in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God bless you once again for joining us. And as we have been doing, we have been looking at who is Jesus Christ. And I always make this emphasis that the reason why this message is so important for every believer is because he is the foundation of our faith. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the one who has brought the God we lost to us. So when we come to understand who Jesus is, it would make us be aware what is at our disposal and how we can maximize the things that we have at our disposal. Hallelujah. And knowing Jesus is actually that which will solidify your salvation. The Bible says that this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. So knowing Jesus is actually an engagement in the principles that will lead you to life eternal. Hallelujah. So spending time, like this your precious time, I would say, to actually listen to these words of wisdom, these words from the word of God or from the Holy Spirit is actually that which will cause you to solidify your belief. It will cause you to be very stable and nothing would ever remove you in the name of Jesus. So let's see this to be a great blessing. And as I said, have your pens and your notebooks, write down whatever we go through. And when you're on your free time, when you, you have time that you can actually go through the word by yourself, or when you have your personal quiet time or personal Bible study time, you can go through these scriptures. And I believe that as you go through them, the Spirit of God will begin to teach you. He will begin to make things much more real to you in the name of Jesus. So as we started our teachings, we started looking at who is Jesus Christ. And we came to a point to understand that he is the altar and finisher of our faith. He is the one God actually sent to redeem us from death. So we've looked at quite a number of those um, descriptions of Jesus and what that actually means to us as believers. So we have the, our messages available. You can go back to them. We've come to a point to understand that he is the resurrection and life. That's what we looked at at the last time. And we realized that his resurrection is what actually gives us our salvation because if jesus died and never resurrected as paul said he said we would have been the most miserable people on this planet but god being so good jesus didn't remain in the grave he rose again and his resurrection brought us life and we came to understand that this life that we have is higher than the life adam actually gave uh, adam had before so jesus has actually brought us to a place so the last scripture we read last week was that we looked at how that when jesus resurrected he's actually in a different state and he has a different body okay so the glorified christ is even is different from the jesus we knew before his death hallelujah and this is the life he has brought us so knowing this life that we carry makes us much more aware of what we are okay so as i said and as is trained to become an S. We are actually growing in our understanding of who we are through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So today we are moving on to the next descriptor of Jesus or the next description of Jesus. And it's very interesting. So today what we are looking at is that Jesus is the Lord 
and Savior of men. Write it down. Jesus is the Lord and Savior of men. Why is Jesus the Lord and Savior of men? Why would we say Jesus is the Lord and Savior of men? It's important we understand what it means to be a Savior. Okay? What does it mean to be a Savior? So when we say someone is a Savior, that means that the person has been sent with a special assignment to deliver people. So Saviors don't come to do nothing. They come to actually perform a necessary mandate. So that necessary mandate is to deliver people. And most of the time, the deliverance is from a bad state or to deliver someone from a worsened state to a much more better place. Please, I hope you understand. So Jesus has come to move us from a bad state into a much more glorious state in, our, in, our, in life in the name of Jesus. And when you study history, there has always been this perception and understanding that and belief and expectation that there is someone who is going to come to deliver humanity. So most of the time, the world always waits for deliverers. The world always waits for saviors. I hope you get it. So Jesus is the Lord and Savior of men. So today we'll be reading a lot of scriptures and we'll be looking at a lot of um, prophecies that were said concerning the Savior of men and how Jesus fulfilled all of them. Because there's been a lot of debate as to whether Jesus is really the Messiah. Because before Jesus came, there were other people who came and professed that they were the Messiah. Please, I hope you are getting it. There were people who came to say, oh, we are the Messiah. And they deceived many people. And Jesus himself said that we should be careful because many shall come that they are the Messiah and they shall deceive many. Hallelujah. I want us to look at that scripture quickly. So even Jesus himself make us aware that we need to be vigilant because many people will come and say that they are the desire they are the messiahs and they shall deceive many 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 people. Hallelujah. So I want us to read the scripture. Thank you Jesus. Luke chapter 21 verse 8. He says and he said take heed that ye be not deceived for many shall come in my name saying i am christ and the time direct near go ye not therefore after them but when so he begins to give some signs okay but then he makes it very clear that many shall come and say that i am the messiah and they shall deceive men. In the book of Matthew chapter 24 verse 23, it says, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. Please, I hope you get this. So even Jesus makes it clear to us as Christians that many people would come to say that they are the Messiah, they are the Savior, and they shall deceive many. But he's warning us. So we need to understand what criteria does our Jesus that we believe the Jesus Christ of Nazareth that we believe. What criteria does or what criteria validates him to being the Messiah so that you wouldn't be deceived? Because many shall come, even at some point, the Bible says that they shall come with lying wonders and they will be able to deceive many people. But thank God for his word. We are going to understand who Jesus is and that how that he is the Lord and Savior of men. So you have to understand that you are actually serving the Lord who have been ordained through time to deliver us 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So let's read the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 quickly. If you have your Bibles, you can open to the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. It says, This was when man sinned and God was now telling man the implications of his of, of their actions. So he was talking to Adam and Eve and he says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. And I will bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. So this was God speaking to the serpent. So he says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, this according to theology was actually a prophecy about the Messiah. Why is this a prophecy about the Messiah? Now, God makes mention of the woman's seed bruising the head of the serpent. And we understand that the head of this serpent was the devil. So he was actually telling the serpent that this woman, a seed is going to come from this woman. And that seed that is going to come will have the power to bruise your head, to defeat you. And he says, you shall also bruise his heel. Hallelujah. So now the scripture begins to reveal that. And this was... This was, as a matter of fact, this was in Genesis. So, the moment man fell, God actually started the plan to redeem man. So, in his conversation to the serpent, he was trying to make him aware that, well, you have succeeded in defeating this Adam and Eve. But then, there is a seed coming from this woman. You see, he didn't make reference to the man. Because this seed wouldn't be from the man. But then it will be from the woman. So how can a woman give birth by her own? That means that there was actually going to be a new influx of God in this woman that will bring out a seed that will defeat the serpent. Is someone following? So that was the first level of the prophecy. So we see that now God began this process of bringing the seed of the man to defeat the serpent. So we look at the book of Genesis chapter 12 verse 3. So Genesis chapter 12 verse 3, there is something very, very interesting here that I would want us to look at. Now, in the book of Genesis chapter 12 verse 3, God begins to call a man to begin the program of the redemption. The program to send out the Savior. Now, he calls this man and he says unto him. So, look at, let's start from verse 1. He says, Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto the land that I will show thee. Verse 2. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And thou shalt be a blessing. Verse 3, he says, And I will bless thee, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in this shall all families of the earth be blessed. Can you imagine? Now, at that time, there were people living. There were people living. So he wasn't the only man on earth. As in the case of Noah after the flood. So we get to understand that God calls this man and tell him that, Look, I am through you. All nations of the world is going to be blessed. And we see from history that the genealogy of Jesus actually began from Abraham. So most religions traces back to abraham especially christianity why because this was a man god called and told him that through him 
he was going to bless the world. How can one man bless the world? Because the Messiah, the Savior of the world was going to come through him. So this prophecy was actually concerning the Savior Christ because Jesus is going to come, but then he would come through this man. Please, I hope you are following. So God chose this man to actually bring his seed, which is Christ, through him. Hallelujah. So in the book of Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Don't forget we are looking at Jesus. He's the Lord and Savior of men. And we are trying to understand what was said about the Savior and how did this happen? And how does Jesus fulfill all those things that were said about the Savior? So that we will be rest assured that indeed we are serving the Jesus who has actually been sent by God to redeem man. Is someone following? It's important and many Christians don't know these realities and they would want other things apart from the word of God. Listen, the more of the word you know is actually key to your capacity in the spirit. So be patient and allow God to work on our hearts in the name of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give thee a sign and look at what he says. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And this prophecy was like 700 years before Jesus was born. So there was a prophecy released that a virgin is going to conceive and his name will be Emmanuel. The Lord is with us. So this virgin was going to conceive and bring out a child and this child was going to bring God in our midst. Why would God come into the midst of man? To save men, to deliver men from the fall. That was as a result of the sin Adam committed that reigns over man. So Jesus was actually called to live with us. That's why his name is Emmanuel. Amen. So this was prophesied 700 years ago. Wow. So we are seeing how that there's been prophecies concerning the Messiah. There's been prophecies concerning the Savior of men. And this was prophesied by the book of Isaiah. Micah chapter 5 verse 2. But thou Bethlehem, Ephrata, he says, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting, so he is beginning to talk about where he was going to be born. And he said that Bethlehem, you see, that is where this Messiah is going to be called from. Hallelujah. And he's going to be a ruler of Israel, whose going forth has been from old and from everlasting. So Jesus had existed, but he had existed as the word of God. Okay. Now the prophecy was that he was going to be born in Bethlehem. And he was going to be the ruler. So let me tell you something interesting. You see, during the birth of Jesus, you must understand, you see, when you read history, you enjoy some of these things because most of the time, many people came to profess that they were the Messiah and they had followers, okay? And what they didn't get was that most of the people who would come out as the Messiah wanted to be rulers. So the Israelite, and look at this prophecy, he realized that he's the ruler in Israel. So he being a ruler in their thoughts, they thought he was going to be the king. Okay, so the Israelites were under the rulership of the Roman Empire at that time. 
And the Israelites saw the prophecy to be that, okay, the Messiah is going to come, but this Messiah will come and become a king. So, and of old, they have seen how God would send saviors their way, like Samson, who would beat the, who would beat the, the Philistines and beat all the opponents that God will, um, that would come against Israel. So in their perception and understanding, they were expecting a Messiah who would come so powerful to beat down everybody. So when you study history, you realize that there were people who came out as messiahs and they mobilized people with the perception and understanding that they are going to deliver them from the, you know, the rulership of the Roman Empire. And what the Roman Empire normally did was that they would catch the messiah and they would kill the messiah. So the moment they kill the messiah, everything ends. Okay, so when you read this scripture, you begin to understand that he says that the messiah, he is going to be the ruler. So the Israelites were always expecting the Redeemer to come. They were always expecting the Messiah to come. But then they were expecting the Messiah who would come and fight their enemies and take over the whole of Israel and become a king. They were not expecting the Jesus that came. Please, I hope you get it. So most of the time, the people who would come and profess that they were Messiahs, they, sometimes they were not even born in Bethlehem but then they didn't really pay attention to the prophecies their concern was much more that someone would come and deliver them the same way they were delivered from Egypt the same way Samson was someone who was strong the same way God will give them men with strength like Joshua who can lead them through the promised land they were expecting such a Messiah so that is why up until now there are a lot of um, Israelites who don't believe Jesus is the Messiah because they never expected the Jesus that came, who was born in a manger. Okay, so the plan and the rehearsal and the process that God had to deliver man, no man knew. Please, I hope you get so. In as much as it was in prophecy, no man knew how God was going to do it. Because in our thoughts or in their expectation, they were expecting a Messiah who would come with so much strength and beat their enemies. But that wasn't how God was going to do it. Hallelujah. So, Let's read another scripture. We are still trying to understand. And don't forget, this scripture we read in Micah chapter 5 verse 2 was written 800 years before the birth of Jesus. So you can understand how the Israelites have been waiting patiently for the Savior of men. But don't forget the scripture we read. He told Abraham, Abraham that through you the whole world is going to be blessed. So in God's plan, his focus wasn't just Israel but then to save the whole world. Are you getting it? So he was going to bring a savior that wouldn't save just the Israelites, but then he was going to save the whole world. So he told Abraham that through you, the whole nations of the earth is going to be blessed. And this blessing is because they are going to receive the blessing of God that will deliver them from the curse, from the curse of death, from the curse of sin. How someone is following? So let's let's follow the discussion. It's really interesting. I'm enjoying it. Hosea chapter 11 verse 1. <laughs> When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. As they called them, so they went from them. They sacrificed unto Balaam and burned incense unto graven images. Hallelujah. So he's trying to make, it, make us understand that Israel was his child and he loved Israel so much. So he called him out of Egypt. Now, this scripture is actually trying to make us understand in much depth and in prophecy that he actually called his own son out of you know bondage out of the clutches of the enemy out of a place that is not under the rulership of god and these are all prophecies concerning the messiah hallelujah
So what God did was that he took his people into Egypt and then he called them back away from Egypt. Sometimes, sometimes people would say, I thought God loved the Israelites. Why would he take the Israelites into Egypt for 400 years, for years, and they were serving? Let me tell you the secret. The Bible makes it clear. I don't have those scriptures now, there now because that's not the focus of our discussion. But I want to give you a gist. When, at, during those times, okay, if you existed and you were not powerful, you would be defeated. Okay, so God actually took Israel into Egypt to preserve them. So by the time Israel was leaving Egypt, they were having numbers. But by the time they were going into Egypt, it was just the 12 tribes of Israel, Joseph and his brethren and his father. But then when they went there, they spent years there. So by the time they were leaving, they were having a specific number that couldn't be defeated. Left alone, if they had been just Isaac, Jacob, uh, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob and his children, there was a possibility for them to be defeated because when you begin to read history, it was all about conquest, okay? So if I, I get to a territory and I'm stronger than the people there, I kill the men, I take over the territory and I move on or I turn them into slaves. And during those days, Egypt was the, the, the supreme over everything. So nobody could defeat Egypt at that time. Please, I hope you get it. So God sent his people into Egypt to grow. Don't forget, why was it that Pharaoh began to make Israelite slaves? He said that these people, they are now growing, they are increasing, they are multiplying. If we are not careful, they will take over. That was why they turned them to become slaves. But God had an agenda. Please, I hope someone is following. So that the seed of the Messiah wouldn't be lost. Hallelujah. So, don't think, the Bible says that the wisdom of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. Please, I hope we follow it. Let's read Matthew 2 verse 14 to 15. Don't forget again, the one we, re we read in Hosea chapter 11 verse 1, he says, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Out of Egypt, he says, When Israel was a child, that I loved him, and called my son out of Egypt. Don't forget, and called my son out of Egypt. Let's read the Matthew scripture. So Matthew chapter 2 verse 14, he says, When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And they were there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. You see, this prophecy was like 800 years before Jesus was born. Now, when Jesus was born, he fulfilled that prophecy. Where out of Egypt have I called my son? So when Herod wanted to kill him, don't forget the explanation I gave before. God took the Israelites into Egypt because he wanted to preserve them. Okay? And we see that same thing with Jesus. Where, when Herod wanted to kill Jesus, the angel came to tell them that send a child to Egypt. And he went into Egypt. And when the time was right, the Bible says that out of Egypt have I called my son. So the prophecies that were said and what the Israelites were expecting to happen, we see that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is fulfilling these prophecies. So he says in verse 12, And there was there until the death of herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the lord by the prophet saying out of egypt have i called my son hallelujah so we see jesus fulfilling these prophecies and so don't forget the focus of our discussion today jesus is the lord and savior of men so there have always been 
an expectation of a savior. And most of the time, the people who came to claim they were saviors couldn't fulfill the prophecies. And the prophecies that were said in history are those I'm reading out to you. And I'm showing you how Jesus fulfilled all of them. And so Jesus is indeed the savior of men. Hallelujah. Let's read another scripture. Psalm 22 verse 1 quickly. To the chief musician unto Ageleth, Saha. Wow, lovely name. A psalm of David, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou far from me, far from helping me and from the words of my rolling? Now we see that he, this was, don't forget, David was a wonderful person. The reason why I'm saying he was a wonderful person was that he was a king and he was a psalmist and he was a prophet. So when you read the book of Psalms, most of the things he was saying were prophecies. And when you the Israelites even acknowledge that David had the gift of prophecy. So in his psalmist were hidden prophecies. David could prophesy to the point that after the resurrection of Jesus, the situation that was happening in the heavenlies, he was able to capture it. That's not for today, but I want you to understand that. He's saying that, my God, my God, why art thou forsaking me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring. Now we are going to compare this scripture to the book of Matthew chapter 27 verse 46. Matthew 27 verse 46. I read, he says, And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabatani. That is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Is there a connection? Is there a connection? So, if you can see this, that means that Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. So, the prophecy was that God, my God, my God, why are thou forsaking me? And David was actually prophesying about when Jesus would be hanging on the cross and what he would be saying. And Jesus came to fulfill it. Exactly. So, he is the Lord and Savior. Don't let anyone deceive you to think there is another Savior anywhere. The savior of the world is the one that came to fulfill the prophecy. Nobody spoke like Jesus. No man could be bold to say that I am the way, the life, and the truth. No one can get to the Father except through me. Take history. Nobody spoke like Jesus. Why? Because he wants the truth and truth is one. And that is him. Hallelujah. Let's read another scripture. Psalm 22 verse 7 to 8. So today we are building our knowledge and understanding about who Jesus is. Hallelujah. Psalm 22 verse 7 to 8 hallelujah thank you jesus i read it says all they that see me laugh me to scorn they shoot out their lip they shake their head saying he trusted on the lord that he would deliver him let him deliver him seeing he delight in him now david was prophesying People were laughing. So he said that people are laughing and saying that. He said he trusted in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Now we are going to compare this to the fulfillment. So in the book of Mark chapter 15 verse 29. Mark 15 29. We see Jesus fulfill this prophecy. Mark chapter 15 verse 29. I love you Jesus. Now he says. And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads. Don't forget what we read. So they were shaking their heads. So here to their, they are doing exactly that. Waging their head and saying, Ah, thou 
that destroyed the temple and buildest it in three days. Save thyself, verse 30. Save thyself and come down from the cross. So Jesus was hanging on the cross and people were passing and mocking him. He said he would build the temple, he would destroy the temple in three days. He would be destroyed and build it in three days. So save yourself, save yourself. You see, the prophecy that the prophet David said, we see Jesus fulfill it. Don't forget, Jesus warned us. Many shall come and say they are the Savior and they shall deceive many. Now, I'm trying to build your strength in faith to understand that Jesus is the Savior. And we don't expect any other Savior from anywhere. Hallelujah. Let's read another scripture fulfilling the same prophecy. Let's read the book of Matthew chapter 27, verse 30. He says, And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads. You know, sometimes when you look at people and it's like they brag too much and they find themselves in a situation, you begin to shake your head and say, ah, this guy. I thought he said he was this. So that was a similar situation Jesus found himself. And now they were saying in verse 40, and saying, thou that destroyed the temple and builded it in three days. Save thyself, if thou God be the son, if thou be the son of God, come down from the cross. So they were mocking Jesus. You see, you are, you see, and sometimes when you watch um, the Passion of Christ, you see that Jesus is in your know, is covered. In those days, people were placed in, on on the cross naked. They were hanged naked. So imagine the Son of God being hung naked for you and I, our sins. And you tell me that you don't believe. He's gone through all that for us. Hallelujah. So I want you to understand from Scripture how that Jesus fulfilled every prophecy concerning the messiah that the israelites were expecting but don't forget a lot a lot are disappointed and a lot were disappointed because they were expecting him to be a king like herod but then that wasn't how god's plan was okay they don't some still don't accept because they were expecting a king like david because even jesus is referred to as the son of david but his delivering strategy was what defeated everyone's thoughts because God's plan was not just to make him the king of the Jews alone, but then to make him the king of the whole world. That through him, many will come and believe in God. Many will come and have another opportunity to be reconnected back to God. Hallelujah. It's a great blessing having this understanding as a believer because it helps you to be very firm in your faith. And nothing can move you because you are sure. You have confidence in the Christ that you believe in. Hallelujah. So the Bible also begins, there's a, there's a prophecy concerning how that he will be pierced. How does Jesus fulfill this? Let's read Psalm 22 verse 16 to 18. Psalm 22 verse, Psalm 22 verse 16 to 18. Hallelujah. Psalm 22 verse 16 to 18. I read it says for dogs now don't forget i've already laid this foundation there's the prophet speaking for dogs have compassed me the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me they pierce my hands and my feet i may tell all my bones they look and stare upon me they part my garments among them and cast lot upon my vesture now this was the prophet David speaking. And how does Jesus fulfill this? Ha. 
let's read matthew chapter 27 from verse 35 matthew 27 verse 35 it says and they crucified him and parted his garments casting lots that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet they parted my garments among them and upon my vesture did they cast lots so we see that they were treating jesus in a way not knowing they were fulfilling the prophecy concerning the messiah so that when we as christians come to believe in him we would know that we are not expecting any other messiah again because he is indeed the messiah so even though the people who are doing it didn't know they were fulfilling prophecy but that it was supposed to be so so that we would be able to be assured and to be sure that indeed jesus is the messiah Please, I hope someone is listening. So, when you've come to accept Jesus Christ, you need to understand that you are, you are not lost. Don't let anyone deceive you to think that you don't know what you are doing. Don't let anyone deceive you to think that you are, you are wasting your time. A time is coming. The people who are mocking you, the people who are laughing at you, the people who think you are wasting your time, wouldn't have the opportunity to do so. The same way people were mocking Jesus, they were treating him in a certain way. They didn't care about him. They said, oh, he was a savior. He should have saved himself. Look at him hanging on the cross. Oh, poor him. Now, where is he? The Bible says that he is seated at the right hand of the Father in glory, in grace. He has much strength. He has the command. The Bible says that he is having a name that at the mention of that name, every knee bows. The Bible even says that even the devil himself, he hears it and he trembles. So as Christians, maybe we don't know the value of the Jesus we believe. They mentioned even the demons here. The, don't you remember the other time the scripture read, when the sons of Sceba wanted to cast out the devil, he said, Jesus we know, Paul we know, you, who are you? So even demons recognize his authority because he has been given a name that is above every name. So when you are praying and you say in the name of Jesus, you have to understand that you are praying and you are enforcing the authority behind the name that is above every name. And at the mention of that name, every name must bow. So every situation must bow to the name of Jesus. And you see, when you are saying this, you are not saying it because someone is saying that Jesus is powerful. It is because you are well informed by the truth which is the word of god and so when you are mentioning the name of jesus when you are saying jesus is my lord you know what you are saying because he has fulfilled all those prophecies that was said concerning the messiah and no man has ever done that you see why there are difference in christians or christianity or in difference in believers there are some believers they believe in jesus because they were told he is the savior and they have come to accept it because they don't want to go to hell but then there are those who understand by the truth and the bible says that you the truth is what can make you free so the fact that you believe in jesus and you say well i'm a christian i'm going to heaven that is not enough you need to come to the knowledge of the truth and the level of truth you know will determine your stand even in the realm of the spirit when you are telling demon i command you the name of jesus at the matter of fact the name the name jesus do you even know what it means do you know the authority vested in that name do you know the personality called jesus so these teachings are so important because you are beginning to be aware you are beginning to come to realization about the power 
and who Jesus really is. So as you begin to grow in your knowledge about Jesus, when you are saying the name of Jesus when praying, you are not just mentioning any name. You are mentioning a name that you are rest assured and you know so well that it carries the capacity to transform your situation. So when you mention the name of Jesus, you are sure that your prayer is answered. There are people they pray and they still doubt their prayer. I guess it's because they are not really sure about the person that they have believed. Paul said, I know the one in whom I have believed. Paul, because he had an encounter with Jesus, he knew that he had every power to defeat every situation. And that is how the realm of the spirit work. Okay? So, some people have confidence in themselves. The Bible says that some trust in chariots, some trust in the arm of the flesh. Who? Who do you trust in? You, who do you trust in? When you say, I trust in Jesus, you should understand who the person you are talking about. Say, I can never be defeated. Say, nothing can stop me in life. When you are making these confessions, you are not making it because somebody is making it. You are making it because you understand who you believe. Hallelujah. So knowing about Jesus is one of the fundamental principles and foundational teachings every Christian must go through. Because if you don't know about Jesus, trust me, you wouldn't be able to exhaust what there is in Christ. Hallelujah. So he fulfilled those prophecies. He fulfilled those prophecies. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's read another scripture. Isaiah chapter 53. Quickly. Isaiah 53. I love you, Jesus. So when we say we love Jesus, when we say we serve Jesus, it's not because we are just believing in faith and, you know, it's just because of religion. And, you know, sometimes we make it look as if, you know, we don't know what we are doing in life. But there's a time coming. The people who mocked us cannot mock us anymore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 53. Okay. Um, <clears throat> for the sake of time, we are reading verse 5, 7, and 9. But then the whole 53 is about Jesus. Okay. So we are reading verse 5, 7, and 9. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his and with his stripes we were healed, or we are healed. Now, this is a prophecy concerning Jesus, and everything about this, Jesus went through. Jesus was beaten. He was beaten. As a matter of fact, before the uh, Pontius Pilate released him to be crucified, he commanded him to be beaten. And the Bible says that by his stripes we were healed. So. When Jesus is fulfilling these prophecies, you need to understand that there are some powers we access, even in the knowledge of it that we have. There are some powers we access. The same way when a nurse is gone through her training, she has a certain level of experience and expertise that places her in society. It's the same way your knowledge about Jesus places you and gives you a certain level of authority in the realm of the spirit. Please, I hope you get it. So if you claim to be a believer, you need to know Jesus. You need to know what he stands. He says, by his stripes we were healed. So the beating Jesus went through was actually for our healing. He says that he was bruised for iniquity. So the things he went through, he was it was actually for our sins. He says, the chastisement 
of our peace so jesus the thing jesus went through is for our peace so if there is no peace in your life have you come to really understand who jesus is and have you come to have a rest assured belief that he is the one that can give you peace if you have this level of understanding trust me peace will never be far from you and it's not because of your beautiful face or because of your whatever it is because of your knowledge and understanding about who jesus is so knowing about jesus is so crucial and so 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 important hallelujah the knowledge of jesus you know and the revelation of jesus you know will be able to help you in that day when the devil comes to deceive many and i believe that most of the people that can or that will be easily deceived will be the people who who don't have so much knowledge and understanding about even the jesus they have come to believe so we let's go in our knowledge of god listen enough of the you know two by four christianity let's endeavor to grow in our knowledge let's endeavor to learn more about god let's endeavor to be updated in our knowledge and understanding of jesus because the more we are updated in our knowledge and understanding of jesus we become aware of the strategies of the devil so that the same way he deceived Adam and Eve, he wouldn't have the chance to deceive you. Beloved of God, this is what God has for us today. I believe that you've enjoyed the word of God. Listen, God has a plan for us. And whatever he has in his word for us is supposed to help us to be strengthened, to be strong, that nothing can pull us away. Please, I hope you get it. Don't forget, the Bible says some people even die for Jesus. For the gospel's sake, we have the luxury of time. To, we are not going through any persecution. We are not going through challenges. Let's serve God. Oh. Try to let other people know about Jesus. Try to do your part as long as there is breath in you. Because you will never know. You will be saving someone from destruction. You will be saving someone from the influence of many things. And we have the power. Don't forget, we have the power to snatch people from hell. That they wouldn't go into destruction. If you love your neighbor as yourself, if you claim to love Jesus, why are you not helping other people to know about Jesus? Have you even spoken to someone about Jesus? Have you even invited someone to come and listen to the word of God? Listen, he says that I stand at the door and I knock. The one who opens me, I will come in and I will dine with you. God is all powerful. Jesus is so powerful, but he will never force his way into your life because he wouldn't do that because you have the authority. He has given you the willpower to either receive him or ignore him and in that day never say that you didn't have the chance because today is the chance i want to lead someone to christ if you believe it and you want to give your life to jesus just pray this prayer after me say dear lord jesus i've come to you today i believe you came to die and you resurrected on the third day and you are alive forevermore I believe you are the Messiah, the Savior of the world. From today, I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. May my name remain in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All glory to Jesus. Dear one, we've come to an end of today's episode of God's Word. It was wonderful having you and we believe you have been blessed by the Word of God. Please follow us on our social media channels and groups with the name Dexterity Church for more depths and inspirations from God. 
Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook, on YouTube, podcast, Telegram, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitch, all with the same name, Dexterity Church, to access our audio and video messages of God's Word. Have a blessed day, and we hope to hear from you very soon. May the mercies and the grace and the power of God sustain you in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.